Passpoint, Protect Your Business and People from COVID Risk. Episode 13 on What Has My Attention. I'm your host, John Beethan, for What Has My Attention, the podcast for Heard Not Seen Media at ImaginePodcasting.com. And we're going to take a bit of a detour here before we get back to the conversation first started in Episode 12, talking about our process for brand discovery for podcasts. It's January 26, 2021, and we're still in a pandemic dealing with the challenges that come with it. And even as the vaccines start to roll out, the risks aren't going away anytime soon. It's my highest recommendation that you listen to at least the first 10 minutes of this episode and share it with as many business owners as you know. Then go to GetPasspoint.com to find out more. Passpoint is a cloud-based compliance tool for businesses. It helps businesses both big and small adhere to the different COVID compliance rules that are out there. It helps businesses both big and small adhere to the different COVID compliance rules that are out there. And specifically with COVID, the rules have been changing a lot, right? And if you think back to where you were in March 2020 and what we knew about the virus then and where we are today, the rules have changed a lot. The science has changed, it's evolved. And that's been very challenging for many businesses because not only are you trying to keep your doors open, but now you have a bunch of rules and regulations that you have to adhere to as well. So Passpoint is a tool that will help you organize and automate that entire process for business owners. And of course, and in so doing, it also helps protect the employees. Welcome to the show, Human. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to uh, to chat with you and your... Yeah, I first met you at the uh, Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, the Technology Advisory Committee, November 17th. And Teresa Acosta at the time was the chair. I think, she, well, she is leaving that position. I'm taking over, actually. Thanks, but yeah, it was a great presentation. And I just felt like this was a service that people really need to hear about. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself as you would like to be known in the world? Uh-oh, in the world. Uh, well, my name is Human. Uh, I grew up in San Diego. Um, I've lived here pretty much my whole life. I've spent about most of my professional career in software engineering. I've worked for companies like Nokia, Apple, Qualcomm, uh, a couple different startups. And then I ventured out on my own back in 2018 to start my own company, uh, a software company, uh, building IoT, Internet of Things, and data tools for, for businesses of all sizes. Uh, but focusing primarily on small and medium-sized businesses uh, to give them kind of access to some of the same data tools that, you know, quote unquote, the big guys get. What were you working in? What uh, was it a language in particular or? Uh, so just across the board, but yeah, primarily, uh, you know, C, C++ kind of uh, language. Oh. But yeah, my my background has always kind of been in the wireless space of software engineering. So kind of bridging between a little bit of that hardware and software. So, um, you know, kind of uh, not just how does, a, you know, how, how to code something, but more kind of how does that the whole system end to end behave. Mm. 
Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So great. So that's kind of like my background. Um, and like I said, I, I started in 2018, kind of doing my own thing, and it's been uh, definitely a fun experience. Uh, it definitely have been something that has taught me a lot, good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What were some of the more, more challenging pieces of it all? You know, I think uh, whenever you start your own own kind of project or company, uh, unless you're super well-funded, you're kind of jack of all trades, right? And you're constantly learning and trying something new. And I think that uh, it, it is it is difficult because I think you're, you know, if you're used to being successful and really good at your job, and then all of a sudden you go into this new space where you have to do everything, right? Be web design, marketing, be the janitor. I mean, you know, you're kind of doing everything. And, and one day, you know, you're, you're kind of wearing all these different hats. And I think that is definitely challenging, but rewarding at the end of the day, because once you start understanding kind of how the different pieces of the puzzle work together, right, you get a better understanding of, of, of what it takes to, to bring the right people together. Because ultimately, right, as a, as a business owner or or, or any you know team leader or whoever you know however you describe yourself, it's about putting the right team together, right? And it's about putting the right people together to execute your your vision. And part of that just becomes you have to, you know, you have to be in the trenches. You have to get your hands dirty. You have to kind of see how it all works, fail at it, be successful at it, and then that way when you when you have that conversation with the next person, you're you're able to kind of say, hey, well you know, you can talk the language a little bit, right. And kind of be a little bit more knowledgeable about what you're really looking for. Um, Cause I think that, that for me has been the biggest challenge, right. Is, you know, you need something, but you don't really know what you need, what specifically you need, right. You know, I, I need marketing, but well, what, what kind of marketing do you need? Do you need social? Do you need that? You know, there's so many different avenues that you can go down. Putting a team together. I just, you know, I've been in the process of doing the same for my new business, Heard Not Seen Media, which has now two audio engineers, um, one and or two uh, writers, but one specifically is a fantastic creative director. So in podcasting, it's like, gosh, what a great asset, you know, for my clients and also for myself. But it's you're right. It's putting a team together of, you know, the best people you can find. And uh, yeah, it's very, very challenging. So, hmm. So how did you, you know, we're talking Passpoint. That's the application that uh, I guess it's in development or it's ready to go. Oh man, it's, it's out. We have uh, customers um, up and down California. We're working with chamber of commerces. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's out in the world. So talk, let's talk a little bit about what Passpoint does because I think it's real timely given COVID and that's what it's, it's really there to serve businesses and keep them out of legal trouble. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, Passpoint is a cloud-based compliance tool for businesses. So it helps businesses, both big and small, um, adhere to the different compliance rules that are out there. Um, And specifically with COVID, uh, the rules have been changing a lot, right? If you think back to where were you in March and what we knew versus where we are today, the rules have changed a lot. The science has changed, you know, kind of it's evolved. It, it is keep changing. And that's been very challenging for, for many businesses because, you know, not only are you trying to keep your doors open, but now you have a bunch of rules and regulations that you have to adhere to as well. So Passpoint is a tool that kind of helps organize all of that 
and automates that entire process for for business owners so that uh, you know it's one less thing to worry about right the compliance kind of gets handled in an automated fashion uh, and they get to focus on their business right they're they're mm-hmm. actual keeping their doors open actually generating you know revenue profit things like that uh, and not worrying about OSHA coming down and and handing them a citation <laughs> yeah yeah which is you know definitely what a lot of businesses are facing today um, and kind of where where how passpoint kind of was born from from that kind of uncertainty that came up in the beginning of covid and um, you know this is something that i think a lot of businesses our customers especially have been very thankful for right to be able to have a little bit of a clarity on on a very unclear situation Mm-hmm. So just so everybody out there knows, if you go to getpasspoint.com, you can find out more for sure. We'll mention it at the yeah. end of the show as well. I'm really grateful for you for this. I really am because I worked with Kelly Baglin. I produce her podcast and uh, she's an attorney. You know, she's uh, developed, um, you know, a couple waivers, waiver forms that people could actually, um, restaurants could actually use for people coming in and simply signing a waiver. but. But uh, Passpoint goes kind of beyond that, doesn't it? it uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so yes, uh, when we first, you know, when, when COVID first came on, everybody was really worried about this kind of, well, don't want to be held liable for, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you get sick, now who's responsible? Was the business owner responsible? Um, so the waivers kind of started. Uh, what Passpoint does, we go kind of a step up beyond, right? So we do, uh, we automate the symptom screening process that uh, most of us are familiar with, right? So you've, if you've ever gone to any store or restaurant, chances are you see the sign, right? Do you have any symptoms? Do you have fever, cough? Um, what we do is we put kind of digitize that. So the employee or the guest will kind of say, do you have symptoms? Yes or no. And from there, we also then provide digital contact tracing, which is the kind of the real crux of how Passpoint is able to keep businesses safe now that we know who's entering the premises and whether or not they have symptoms, we can now kind of go back into time so that if there is a asymptomatic carrier, uh, which is you know something that I think the most challenging part of COVID has been this asymptomatic part. Um, so now if somebody comes in and then two days later, like, oh, wait, actually, now I have COVID, we can still go back 14 days and say, who did you interact with? Who did you, who did you talk to? Who are you in close contact with? And then you know, identify those people uh, and then help isolate them from the population, right? And and by, by that, I mean, don't let them come back into work or don't let them keep spreading it, right? Especially nowadays, we have so many more tools to work from home. You know, a lot of our companies, hey, you're, you're not feeling well, good, work from home, right? We're not saying you got to stop and, and, and completely not be productive anymore. Uh, it's just right. more, let's just work from home. Let's keep everybody else safe, um, so yeah, that's that's how we kind of go a little bit above, and, I, and part of it is again, we when we digitize everything, it's very easy to go back into time mm-hmm. um, and see who did you interact with and who were your close contacts, and then be able to kind of create that web, uh, or we call them clusters. So this would be for businesses, obviously for their employees. Everybody kind of goes through that process and maybe gets uh, their temperature checked before they go in and that's all logged yep. and all that, but also for customers coming into um, a regular, let's not talk restaurants because, you know, I just, yeah, well, a regular business. So sure. let's say I go into my, um, actually I have a company that's developing my website and they have 
many, many people in the office. If Passpoint was set up in their system and their business, when I went to go visit them for any kind of reason, I would have to go through this process, right? Yeah, if the business decides to enable it for visitors and guests checking in, right? So Mm -hmm. one of the big parts of Passpoint is employers are responsible to keep a safe workplace environment. Mm -hmm. And part of that means that you have to kind of prevent hazards, right? So uh, most Mm -hmm. businesses, you have an IIPP plan, right? Injury illness prevention plan. And, And you identify what are potential hazards in your workplace. And then you kind of put a plan together of how you're going to prevent your employees from getting hurt. COVID is now an, an injury, right? COVID is, is something that you have to protect your employees against. So if you have a business where your employees are constantly in contact with the public, right? So we've seen this, right? If you go to the grocery store, they have the, the, flex, the plexiglass uh, you know, barrier, right? So that's how one way a, an employer may protect their, their employees. For some businesses like barber shops or gyms, it's not feasible. Right. You can't have a, a plexiglass 360 and then still cut somebody's hair. Just kind of doesn't work. Right. And that's where we step in and say, well, let's just at least get some basic data that whether or not this person has symptoms, let's log that, track that. And then if the person does develop symptoms later on, at least the employer can go back and say, well, I'm going to do my best to kind of, hey, you know what? You, know, you were cutting somebody's hair. They have symptoms. We're going to go ahead and pull you so that you're not spreading it to the chair next to you right? And to the customer and all that. So we have businesses that enable this for their customers, like I said, mainly service type businesses, uh, gyms and and barbershops, things like that. Uh, We have private events companies that do the same, right? Where they're kind of want to know all the different vendors, because, you know, imagine we're not doing as many weddings nowadays, but, you know, an average large event, you have DJs and florists and, you know, all these different people kind of come together um, who are spending close contact with one another. That's kind of how how Passpoint. So so you you could you know you you may see this you know more um, in restaurants and things like that. But right now, I think what we're seeing a lot of is kind of that chalkboard in the front of, of the restaurant. Do you have symptoms? Don't enter. We kind of take that a step above, and uh, for some businesses, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, actually, I got to tell you what I appreciate is that there's a couple different apps that uh, actually are on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, one phone is called COVID, uh, COVID trace. Yeah. Uh, another one is called Novid mm-hmm. uh, is another one, but none of these actually, they're all, you know, in terms of privacy, cause I think people have concerns about that is that, but it kind of forces you to like send this app to all your friends and your family and everybody else. And I get that. But what we're talking about is given the situation is, from my perspective, there's kind of a level where if you don't identify who the people are, how can you actually be accurate in not only protecting people and businesses, but just, um, how do I say this? Just really gathering accurate data that, yeah. yeah. So what, what, uh, what, what would you say if I asked you about just privacy concerns? Yes. I've, I've been in software, like I said, pretty much my entire, uh, career, and I'm a, I'm a big, I, you know, I rarely use social media. I, I, I'm not a, I, I don't, I don't trust them. <laughs> you know, um, I, I've, I've been on the other side of it. I've, I've created kind of the, the, the tools on the other end. So privacy is a big part of, of what I believe in. And it's a big part of the core of what Passpoint is. And for that reason, we don't track GPS. So a lot of those apps will track your GPS or they'll have some kind of Bluetooth tracker on you 
which will kind of tell you if you're in close contact. And for some businesses, that may make sense, right? Um, but for a majority of us, we don't need to know where you are at all times. What we really want to know is, do you have any symptoms that are stuff that we're tracking? And, and can we identify those early? And I think the big part of, of what we're trying to do with Passpoint is give data to, to business owners or to people in general early. And the sooner you get that data, you know, especially in real time, you can make better decisions, right? Mm -hmm. If I know somebody has symptoms before they leave their house, they never have a chance of infecting my workplace. If I find out after they spent an entire shift there, right, then we have a, you know, we've, where were you? Where did you go? You know, we have so many more vectors of, of infection. So I agree with this from a privacy perspective. A lot of these new apps, like I said, they, they track GPS, they have Bluetooth trackers, Wi-Fi trackers. And I've worked on the other side of it. We've, we've built uh, indoor Bluetooth location devices and, and beacons. And that was kind of a startup I was at. So, so I understand that side of it. And there is some very effective uh, applications for that. Uh, we were actually working on Bluetooth beacons for inside of a museum. So if you walk up to a painting, it will tell you what that painting is, which is a cool way of use, utilizing that. But tracking everybody's uh, interactions every day, yes, it can help prevent you know, COVID, the spread of COVID, but uh, CDC actually even says it, uh, tracking symptoms is is oftentimes one of the best ROIs because, you know, testing obviously is great, but it's expensive. It takes time. And, you know, there's always that backlog. Symptom tracking is something that we all can do. And if we're really good at it, you know, if you if you identify a cough or a fever immediately, you you, you stay home, you, you rest, you don't interact with anybody else. And then a couple of days later, your fever is gone and boom, you're back at it. So I don't think we need to track everybody's location 24-7 in order to be safe. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that we can do this a lot smarter. And that and that really is with having easily accessible data and, and the data that we actually care about, um, which generally is you know kind of symptom data. Mm -hmm. How many symptoms do you track, actually? So we track all the, the CDC recommended symptoms, um, primarily fever, cough, loss of sense of smell or taste, uh, fatigue. Um, you know, the challenge with COVID is a lot of the symptoms are very similar to everyday symptoms. I mean, you know, when it's when it was springtime last year, you know, the, if you have allergies, you could have a cough, you could have, uh, you know, all those all those symptoms are there. It doesn't necessarily mean you have COVID. Um, and what we try to do is we try to be a little bit more intelligent about that and identify, um, you know, kind of the different symptoms and then be able to tell employees or visitors based on those symptoms that we're actively tracking um, mm -hmm. of whether or not you should or should not come into the office. Mm -hmm. uh, again, we try to be intelligent with the way we, we analyze that data. Uh, our system is built with the ability to identify what we call clusters. So in the cluster, you can kind of uh, identify risk levels inside of each one of those clusters. And we automatically assign points uh, to that risk so that if somebody on the first floor of your building has a cough, it doesn't mean that you have to send the people on the fifth floor home, right? That's not a way a business can survive. Somebody, you know, who's kind of spent a lot of time in different size businesses, it's just not feasible, right? You know, imagine a guy like Qualcomm, they can't send everybody home every single time somebody has a fever, it just won't work. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is at the same time, this is a problem we've had uh, United States for a long time. And we, 2018 alone, about 1.4 billion uh, workdays 
of productivity were lost due to illness. So this is something we face, right? When people come into the office and say, oh, I'm just, I'm nursing a cold. No, you're, <laughs> you're getting people sick. Um, and that's kind of where we want to step in earlier, try to yeah, help out. I wanted to, I want to say actually for the record, well, when this whole thing came down last, let's just say March, and I looked at what the government was doing or not doing, I made a decision then to lock myself down, essentially through most of 2021 yep. and now I've revised it. I'm pretty much prepared to be locked down through the pretty much through the end of 2021. And I have a partner, Stephanie lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm in Carlsbad. We haven't seen each other for a year, but we care a lot about each other and we'd love to see each other. We'd love to like meet halfway or whatever it is, but we're not going to. We're just not going to take any risk at all. But it's not so much about me getting sick. It's about passing it on to others. To others. And I do plan this next week on getting tested because I'm just curious, you know. I Just curious. Well, I, you know, I think people could be asymptomatic and running around spreading it and not even know it. And I, I could be doing the same, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like I said, I'm pretty locked down, but I do go grocery shopping. Sure. Every few weeks. Yeah, that's, I think the challenge with COVID, it being a novel virus, uh, there's just so much uncertainty around it. And I don't think there's one one way to, to protect yourself. I mean, obviously, yes, staying isolated is, is, is probably the best way, but not necessarily feasible for a lot of people. And I think mm-hmm. it's about putting multiple layers of protection, um, each one of them protecting a little bit, right? Why we wash our hands, social distance, and masks, each one of them in and of itself may not protect you. But together, each one of them, you know, if they're protecting X percent, uh, you multiply that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we take calculated risks. And for a lot of businesses, you know, restaurants, small businesses, they, they just don't have the luxury of being a completely online business. And I think we're seeing this, right? We're seeing guys like, like the big guys, right? We're seeing the Amazons of the world come in and, and sweep up because they can take that that business away from the small guys. And I think... Again, where, where my kind of passion has always been and where my uh, drive has always been is to kind of provide the tools to to just some of the smaller guys that say, no, we, we can fight back a little bit and we can be just as successful. You know, not everybody needs a $50,000 body scanner to check temperatures of everybody walking in. Yes, Amazon warehouses can do that and that's great, but that's not feasible for, <laughs> for most people, right? Um, and same with kind of staying inside. It's, you know, we, we all try our best to stay in as much as possible. We're not going out, but you're right. I go to the grocery store too, right? You, you gotta, you gotta survive, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't have a large enough uh, property to <laughs> grow all my own food. <laughs> but, yeah. So uh, can you, uh, with keeping a client in mind, no names, you don't have to mention any names. Can you walk us through the setup for a typical, I don't know, small to medium sized business, not a restaurant, but you know. Yeah. So our setup process is pretty simple. Um, you know, just a background on me. So I, I spent uh, almost seven years working at Apple and uh, there, one of the big mantras there right, is the, the simplicity of design and kind of that everything should just work. Uh, that was always a big thing. It was, it was always kind of uh, everything should just work the way the customer expects it to work. And so that's kind of at, at the core of what, what, when I was designing Passpoint of, of how, how we built it. So for a new customer that wants to come on board, 
we you you kind of sign up the normal sign up process that you do for any other kind of online service. Um, once you have your administrator account, you upload a spreadsheet uh, to the system with all of your employees' first name, last name, and email in there. And then the system basically handles everything from that point on. So it'll send an automated email to each of your employees to have them complete their sign up to drive back a little bit of that privacy and security thing we talked about earlier. Everything is access controlled. So nobody can see each other's data. Nobody can see my other coworkers or anybody. The only person that can is the administrator. So each employee signs up. And then from then, from that point on, Passpoint will send an automated reminder to every employee. It's customizable per business, but you generally, you know, 8 a.m., 8.30 in the morning uh, to remind them to sign on to Passpoint. And this survey itself takes about seven seconds. I think our average time is, is right under seven seconds. It's six point something seconds per survey. So it's designed to kind of get in, take the test. Do you have any symptoms? Have you done anything that's high risk? Have you been in contact with anybody that may have had COVID or, um, and then, you know, have you actually tested positive for COVID? And once we have that data to green, green, come on into work, red, no, you should stay home. And then, that's pretty much it. That's the whole sign up process. Um, and like I said, we have a lot of automated tools around around helping businesses be successful, right? So it's reminding employees to check in every day. The administrators are are given an automated report that shows who's checked in, who's not checked in, who had symptoms, and then we have automated workflows for the administrators as well. So whether you're an HR professional or not, it'll walk you through. So. Okay, John had had symptoms. We'll auto, automatically walk them through what questions they need to ask them, how they need to interact with them, and then that final kind of here's the outcome of what we think the employee should do. Right, so 14 day quarantine or you know three day quarantine or wait for the symptoms to go, and and then from that point on, you know we kind of keep it really simple. Um, we're not inundating the user with a bunch of different screens and kind of, we're not trying to trick anybody. I always tell people, we're not trying to trick anybody here. We just want to collect the relevant data to keep everybody safe. And I think just, just by asking people every day, Hey, do you have any symptoms and having them just be a little cognizant about themselves mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just, just their body, right. Just kind of like do you have any symptoms? self-awareness, right. Just having that little bit of self-awareness, helps them also remember that, oh, you know what, this cough has been lingering. You know, it is a little worse yes than, than yesterday, right? It's a little worse today than yesterday. And, and then kind of giving that data. So very simple, very kind of uh, the whole process, I think, takes I mean, less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm looking, so. yeah, I'm looking on uh, getpasspoint.com and, uh, you know, basically at top is stop COVID-19 at the front door. Love it. And yeah. then there's, Two screens, obviously screens of, uh, you know, smartphone. And one screen says clear with the thumbs up and below it gives the name, the date and the check-in time and some other information I can't read, but that's fine. And then the other screen is stop. So does this pop up on people's smartphones? Exactly. Yeah. So they take the survey, they answer the questions, and then they get one of those screens. And what we do is so we you know a lot of the different osha and cdc requirements that are there that businesses again may or may not know that they have to follow 
are kind of in that screen, right? So not only do we tell employees if they're allowed to come in or not, we we remind them of uh, safe workplace practices like social distancing or washing their hands, because that's a requirement that CDC and OSHA has is to consistently train your employees to be uh, of what the rules are. So that's kind of where Passpoint steps in and as a compliance tool helps you kind of do all those things, mm-hmm. helps you kind of educate your employees on a constant basis and remind them of of what the right behavior is. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because each individual employee, you know, uh, has a responsibility for the success of the company or the success of all everybody. Sure. Right? We kind of, we constantly hear this, right? We're all in this together and, you know, everybody has to help and everybody has to chip in, but that's really what it is, right? Everybody has to take responsibility for themselves. So if I'm an employee and I'm at home and I yeah. got to be at work at nine o'clock in the morning, are you saying that uh, I'll get a notification at some point in the morning? Exactly. Yeah. So um, you'll get a notification generally uh, 30 minutes to an hour before your shift starts. So it depends. Again, that's customizable for every business. Uh, and then we also provide uh, customized flyers for every business uh, that has a big QR code on it uh, mm-hmm. that they generally put at the entrance of their building. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that employees are reminded again uh, before they come in. Part of the new rules in California, they're online, right? So we have uh, one new law, SB 1159, and then we have another one, AB 685, that's uh, coming in effect January 1. But 1159 basically states that if there's a COVID outbreak in your office, any employee who gets COVID, regardless of where they got it from, it's presumed to be a workplace-related COVID incident. And that then enables them for workers' compensation and things like that. So one of the ways that Passpoint helps is that, you know, we try to stop those symptoms before they enter. So if you as a business owner, you know, if you have to prove that, hey, they didn't get COVID at work, well, how do you know? Well, I stop everybody before they come in. Nobody with symptoms is ever allowed in the building. Okay, that's a good way of, of you know, protecting your business. Uh, and then AB 685 on the other end to just, just to so people are aware uh, to do a little bit more research on, but AB 685 basically states that if there is COVID, a, a confirmed positive case of COVID in your workplace, you have to notify people within 24 hours of you learning of the incident. And that is a challenge for a lot of businesses because if you don't have a, an easy way to get a hold of people, whether, you know, obviously email and text messages are, are one way, but we work with some businesses that, not everybody has emails or not everybody has kind of access to computers on a daily basis, which means that you have to physically deliver them a letter mm. and that gets really complicated. And again, we're, we try to help organize all of that and simplify all of that. This, you know, I got to say, it seems really well thought out and all, obviously you're like really knowledgeable. It's really great. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. No, it's just, I want to open my mouth big time about it because I think any business should be utilizing this. Um, not just to protect themselves, but to protect their employees, you know? You know? Yeah. And this is why we've been working in, uh, with a lot of Chamber of Commerces across California. And I think it's why Chamber of Commerces want to work with us. We're actually close to signing a deal right now with one Chamber of Commerce where they're actually going to provide this to uh, their businesses, mm-hmm. uh, the members. And I think, you know, not only are we here to protect businesses from you know litigation and risk and all that, but to protect employees, protect their families, and then the greater community, right? Yeah. Because a lot of us spend, I mean, before, but we were spending more time at work probably than we were at home. <laughs> and, and you know, if you catch, a, catch something at work, 
you bring it home, you pass it to your family, and they're passing it on, and and that's the community spread, right? So we're we're hoping that this is lo- bigger than just you know obviously protecting employees and businesses, but uh, there's a community aspect here too. This could be adopted by a small community. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are with these Chamber of Commerces and why we're we're working with them and why, you know, we have Chamber of Commerce reaching out to us and saying, hey, we, you know, we want to kind of learn more about how we can help our members. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we, again, we make it simple. We make it easy to use. Uh, I think one of the, one of the things I've heard from a lot of, uh, of our clients and, and businesses, and especially when we were first starting out Passpoint, you know, you, you spend a lot of time talking to potential customers and learning about their pain points. Mm-hmm. And one of the pain points that we, you know, we constantly heard is, you know, there's just so much process, so much overhead. I, I don't know what this is, all this paperwork I got to do and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're like, okay, well, let's eliminate all that. Right? Let's get rid of the paperwork. Let's get rid of the process. Just make this the, bare, the basic, you know, quote unquote, low hanging fruit that you need to do to stay safe. And you can focus on what you need to focus on. Do you have any information on a risk analysis or, Quite frankly, a return on investment. I mean, I'm already imagining there's got to be a huge benefit to that. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously, uh, like I mentioned, there, there's a lot of different a- ways that COVID has lowered productivity, right? So not only, mm-hmm. um, y- you know, you have the, the if you get in trouble with OSHA, right? It's like getting audited by the IRS, right? You know, nobody wants to get audited by IRS. Nobody wants to get audited by OSHA. So the headache alone is is one way, you know, what does your lawyer cost to talk to? Uh, our pass point uh, prices are are fairly affordable if for between five to 25 employees. Uh, it's only $49 a month. So whatever your lawyer costs you, I can guarantee you uh, it's cheaper than that. <laughs> Repeat that. That's incredible. Yeah. So we offer, again, as a as a small business ourselves, uh, and somebody whose family was always a small business owners, uh, I've made it again a point to make sure that we service our small business customers as best as possible. So mm-hmm. if you're between five and 25 employees, it's only $49 a month. Um, and we do that on purpose and you know, kind of at a loss almost, but we do that because we want to make sure that these small businesses are, are protected and understand the rules. They generally don't have large HR teams, if even anybody who's kind of managing HR. So they're just open to a lot of risk. And we just want to give them just one tool to help protect that risk. You know, it's kind of like the wearing a mask, social distancing and washing hands. Each one of them protects you a little bit. You know, uh, you can if you sign up for Passpoint, but never use it, it's not going to help you. Right. You, you have to use it. You have to participate in the process. But it is one tool that helps uh, businesses. And on that end, we actually offer our service completely free for any business under five employees. And again, that's a, a goal of ours to kind of, again, if you're, if you're under five employees, chances are you're, you know, you're kind of a really close family anyway. So we'd like to kind of do our best to help you guys out. And then hopefully one day when they grow, they'll become a paying customer of ours. But, but um, you know, again, our, our goal is to provide the service to as many businesses as possible and help them, you know, kind of alleviate some of those concerns. What about nonprofits? So we have a couple nonprofits that we work with, and that's on a case by case basis. So mm-hmm. we we definitely work with them to kind of provide our service as uh, affordably as possible. Um, we work with a lot of companies uh, who have a lot of volunteers, and so you have a, a large group of people coming in and out, and it's not the same group of people all the time. Mm-hmm. So 
we we work with them. But even for our larger tier, twenty five to uh, one hundred employees, it's only one hundred twenty nine dollars a month. So we're not you know breaking the bank on any level. Uh, you know, if you're generally 50, 60, 70 employees, $129 a month is should be within the, the budget. And again, our like I said, our goal is to just uh, help as many people as possible and many businesses as possible be successful. Yeah, well, this is they're, they're offer, you know, Pathpoint, it seems to me, offers a level of comfort that, I mean, exactly. it's affordable. It's crazy. Yeah. So again, we're, we're just trying to give, like I said, that level of comfort to know you know, you know, you can be successful and know you're not going to get hit with something just, you know, out of the blue. Contractors, small teams. Uh, so contractors, kind of the same thing. Uh, we we kind of go on a number of users, uh, the number of users that you have. So we, like I said, we work with some uh, private events companies who have a large number of contractors, but we kind of go off the number of active users that they have in any given month. So, yeah. you know, you're working with 30 different DJs, but only, you know, two DJs that, you know, in one weekend or kind of thing. So there's kind of work on that basis. So again, we're, we, we are, we are flexible and we kind of make our plans affordable for all different types of businesses. So let's pivot the conversation. Um, How did you name the company Passpoint? How'd that come? How did I name it Passpoint? So I, it was just kind of like, I was sitting there and, and we were kind of, I don't know. Somebody like myself, I, I've always kind of uh, been entrepreneurial. So I, I like people have a sketchbook with different uh, sketches and stuff like that. I have a sketchbook with just kind of names that I always kind of put together and you kind of try to do stuff. But Passpoint, I think it was, you know, we were looking, I was looking at ways of, you know, what does a product really want to do? We want to protect people. And, you know, you kind of use a thesaurus and synonyms and you kind of put it together, but it was just a random thought. Passpoint just kind of came to me one day and, and it kind of just worked. It sounded good and my wife liked it. So that was kind of, we started. Uh, <laughs> well, that's great. So just yeah. so everybody, I wanted to let you know is we're using Squadcast and we're not recording the video, but we're recording the audio high quality and I'm looking at you. And there was a period of my life where I did a lot of programming, I actually wrote the first uh, software uh, for the uniform commercial code industry, banks and okay. stuff like that. So I can recognize a programmer, a good one. So most of the conversation, I'm a graduate of NLP. And one of the models there is, you know, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. You're highly visual. So I'm oh. sure <laughs> you create so much when you're looking up in the sky, like I've noticed that you are, you know, creating and imagining and visualizing and, this is how you represent information. So I'm sure, you know, anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I've always designed stuff as well. I mean, I think it's a lot of, uh, you know, especially in software engineering, a lot of people think it's, you know, engineers and code and this and that. But to me, it's almost like an art. Right? Yeah. You, you kind of take a step back. You think about the problem. You think about how you want to put those algorithms together and what the workflows are going to look like. Writing the code itself is fairly simple, right? It's yeah. really that it's called pseudocode, right? It's the the code before the code is kind of the idea. That's the hard part. And when you come up with the right design, it's beautiful, right? <laughs> no, when I was doing designing databases and stuff, the whole, most of the process was sketched in my mind. And then I would just sit down and knock out the code. Yeah. And then I'd go back and, you know, I'd, yeah, I'd sketch a little bit and stuff, but it was mostly all up here. Highly, highly visual at that time in my life. 
Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like I said, I've always, I've always operated like that. And I think it helps sometimes to just take that step back, look at the problem, mm-hmm. think about how you're going to attack it and then start moving forward uh, mm-hmm. and kind of one foot in front of the other and just go for it. And yeah. kind of back to the, how did I come up with Passpoint? Well, we have to come up with a name. You, you put some ideas together and then you move forward and then you play with it and you design it and you build it and you make it stronger and you, you know, you keep working it. See, I think coding should be a part, a mandatory something in grade school. I really do. I agree. I, I've always, I've always told that that was good. That's going to be kind of you know, our, our children and grandchildren are going to be just coding normally. Yeah. Uh, just kind of an everyday life the same way, you know, we, we do stuff with technology nowadays, but I think it's just going to be automating stuff, especially, you know, with the context of automated and self smart homes and things like that. I think you're going to see a lot more of that, right? Programming your home to do stuff for you, programming your gadgets to do stuff to you for you to make your life easier. I think that's going to become very common. I think the languages are also going to evolve to make it easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think people are going to be air quotes coding without actually, you know, writing code. I think it's going to be way more, you know, language based, like, you know, we even do it now, right? Uh, Siri or Alexa do something for me. Right. And, and yeah, does it? Uh, that's kind of coding, right? We're we're kind of telling a computer to do something for us. So yeah, Alex Renee Polstra from All Maven introduced me to Webflow. Yeah, and prior to that, I was like using uh, I don't know, probably well WordPress for way too long. Couldn't stand it. And yeah. it, anyway, it's like you know Webflow is awesome because it writes the code, and the thing is, it writes really good code. Yeah. So in my early days, I was doing some data by database work, and some of it was like hang on to your hat, DBase 3, Ashton Tate, you know, or, there you go. and then it, you know, evolved and I started using a Clipper. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but Clipper was a, basically a compiler. So mm-hmm. it turned all the DBase code into machine language. And then somebody came up with this thing called Zachary, which was basically a database cool. that you designed the application in the database and it would write the code. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So when I found, you know, Alex turned me on to Webflow. I went, oh my God, here we go again, which was yeah. fantastic. So, you know, it's you're familiar with Webflow? I'm familiar with them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really like it a lot. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Human, thank you for your time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate just kind of sharing a little bit about uh, myself and Passpoint, obviously, and and just kind of, you know, my thoughts on kind of what we can do to get a little better. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'll see you soon. Cool. Produced by Heard Not Seen Media, visit imaginepodcasting.com for more information.